following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, week six in the books. How are we feeling going into uh, week seven here? Feeling weird, but feeling great after after the, after how this weekend went. But it's still a very hard to predict hard to type of season. You're feeling weird. Just it's, Ravens are up and down. Not sure what they are right now, but it's but right now I'm feeling great. Judging by what we saw this weekend, they seem pretty hot, to be honest. With you. As long as they keep that up, but the uh, the same breath, they barely beat the Colts and barely beat the Lions. Yeah, it's it's been strange, but I, I was uh, kind of blown away by by what we saw this weekend. A lot of blowouts, a lot of fun games, uh, and and uh, I, you know, my Vikings again giving me a heart attack every week. It seems now, um, we're we're doing the heart attack game where we're just going to take every game down to the wire. The Vikings have officially lost a game in overtime, won a game in overtime. Um, they've lost a game by a last-minute field goal. They've won a game by a last-minute field goal. <laughs> so they have not definitively had a game where they have uh, put a team away, uh, you know, early. So I, I'm having heart attacks over here. I mean, at least at least you know when your boys get going, they get going. That's fair. <laughs> so um tyler week six is in the books are you ready to jump into our scores for the week let's do it all right and here are your scores for week six in the nfl starting out with the bucks and the eagles on thursday night the buccaneers uh beat the eagles 28 22 uh tom brady once again getting it done bucks advanced to five and one eagles to two and four uh jalen hurts looks a little rough around the edges still but you know he's getting better week over week i think am i wrong there I think you're 100% right. Yeah, he's, he, you know, we, we called Jalen Hurts a bust, um, and and so far he has not lived up to all of the expectations and the hype that a lot of people have been giving them over there in Philadelphia. But I do believe that Jalen Hurts is just, he's starting to come into his own, and he's starting to feel his way through. The Eagles made this one a little closer than expected, you know, and, and understanding Hurts, the, the accuracy hasn't been there. We'll, we'll say that. I understand he's facing a, a very potent Buccaneers pass rush. Um, obviously, Hurts, I mean, 12 for 26 is nothing to write home about. But, you know, he's, he's still managing to keep them somewhat relevant. I think a lot of times with his legs, too. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts keeps it close. The Buccaneers squeak one out. Um, next up. In London, 9.30 a.m., and, you know, I, that's one thing, like, I don't mind it because it means football all day, but, man, 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday is not the time I want to be uh, up and about. Um, Jaguars go ahead and get their first win of the season against the Dolphins. You picked this one right, Tyler. I did. Yeah, you you thought, you, you, you nailed it. I mean, it was, and it was a last-second field goal in London. Dolphins, man, looking rough. Uh, Jalen Waddle starts getting his targets again, which which was uh, pretty entertaining to see. As soon as Tua came onto the field, Jalen Waddle started getting fed the ball 13 times in this game. A lot of touches for him, but you know, the the Jags. I mean, are, are they 
they, they've now broken the streak here, the 20-game streak. Uh, is, is Urban Meyer starting to dig his way out of the cellar, or are they just going to— No, he's, he's still done. Yeah, he, you think he's still done after this year? Yeah, I think they could win. I think they could win out, and it, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, I and I one thing I want to, you know, I want to point out. I don't understand the Jaguars not not riding the hot hand with James Robinson. I, I said it last week, and I I mean again this week. James Robinson had himself a great game, just absolutely tore it up for the second week in a row. He's the hot hand, and I feel like they should just let their offense run through him, and I think it would take a lot of pressure off of Trevor Lawrence, right? I think it definitely would. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the helpful thing. So the Jags get their win. They, they go to 1-5. Dolphins fall to 1-5. Next up, you got the Bengals and the Lions. The Bengals dominate the Lions, 34-11. to Joe Mixon putting, up a, putting on a show over there against Detroit. Uh, a lot of people thought that this would be the, the game where the Lions finally got got the win and squeaked one out, and you know the players were going to rally around an emotional Dan Campbell. Yeah, so much for that. I mean, it's just and they're still rallying behind. They, I think I still think Campbell's the guy eventually here, but I think this is more about showing that the Bengals are a legitimate potential playoff team. Yeah, I also think for the Lions, it, it's. You know, a lot of people are, are blaming Dan Campbell or Dan Campbell, and they're they're, they're wrongly blaming, uh, um, you know, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. I, I don't think Goff is the problem here. I really don't. I, everybody keeps saying stuff about Jared Goff, and I'm going, wait a minute, this guy has no weapons. He literally has. I mean, he's got a good running back in DeAndre Swift, who they they don't utilize properly. DeAndre Swift should be taking handoffs out of the backfield more often than, than Jamal Williams. Let's let's just face that fact. DeAndre 100%. Swift. They they've been using him in a very weird change of pace role that I don't think is very becoming for DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift should be the the bell cow back. And I understand that they're worried about injuries and keeping him healthy and whatever the case may be, but why'd you draft him then? If you're that worried about it. He should be your bell cow back. So the Lions and they also have, you know, Hawkinson over there. But people are, are blaming Goff and I'm just wondering, okay, well who's his number one guy? You know, Quintez Cephas, that's the big number one over there. I, I, It just blows my mind. And we've got several, I mean, several buddies that of ours that, that have said, oh, Jared Goff's a problem. Jared Goff's a problem. Jared Goff isn't a problem. Jared Goff's a good quarterback. But you have to surround him with you have to have a team. Yeah, you have to have weapons. So the Lions, they, they fall to 0-6. They are now in dead last in the entire NFL, which a lot of people predicted uh, this season, believe it or not. Next up, you got the Chiefs and the Washington football team. The Chiefs beat them 31 to 13. Patty Mahomes looked a little rough in the first half, came back firing in the second half. Lots of yardage here for him. Uh, and and Washington, man, that defense is is not what it used to be. It is just not uh, a tough go for this team. Mahomes looks okay. I mean, like I said early on, he threw two picks. But uh, still wound up with 397 and two touchdowns as well on the day. Are the Chiefs starting to dig their way back to where they were? Or are... Yeah, they're, they're still going to be fine. They're still going to likely win that division. I, they, they lost to three teams that, that it's okay to lose to, three hot teams. I, I'm not worried about them yet. Yeah, right uh, now people are, are saying they're cooked. I mean, is, are, do you still think they're cooked? No. <laughs> A lot of people were saying they were cooked. Next up, you got the Colts and the Texans. Colts get the win, thirty-one to three. The Texans, I mean, that's a that's a dumpster fire over there. 
I think if, if the Lions played the Texans, they would they would definitely get a W there. But the Texans go out and, and uh, just get dominated by, by the Colts. I mean, and, and really there was there was nothing to write home about offensively for the Colts other than Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Carson Wentz, he only went 11 for 20 on the day. So I, Jonathan Taylor has is, is now become the heart and soul of that Colts offense. I'm sure you're happy about that from a fantasy perspective, correct? Oh, 100%. Awesome. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor getting it done. Uh, next up, the Rams go out and dominate the Giants, 38-11. to Lots of scores like this this week. Rams getting it done, dude. Gotta love it. I mean, the Giants, Daniel Jones looked rough. I mean, this was probably his worst game of the season so far against a very tough Rams defense. Matt Stafford doing what Matt Stafford does. And, uh, yeah, the, the Rams just tear the Giants apart this week. Are the Rams still looking like potential Super Bowl contenders? Do you still see them in the NFC title game against the Cards? I see them in the Super Bowl. Tyler, what's your take? I, I still think they're going to be a dangerous team. To me, they're still the second-best team in, in the NFL right now. Do you think that they're better than the Bucks? Yes. Wow, that's ballsy. Uh, next up, your Ravens just dominate the Chargers. We thought this was going to be the game of the week. So much for that. Ravens just ripped them apart. And right out of the gate. Lamar didn't even do that much. I mean, 19 for 27, 167. He had a touchdown and two picks on the day. The, but, the, the, the Ravens uh, went the route of pure run attack, and it and it, and it, it worked. They didn't, they didn't try to do too much. They took care of it on the ground. Better yeah. than they really have all season. Six different running backs in this game. Six. Well, five different running backs and then Lamar. I mean, Lamar, I mean, we always joke that, oh, he's a really a running back. But, I mean, five different running backs. this season's proven otherwise. Yeah. I mean, six rushers, though. And there were three touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. Each guy got about eight or nine carries other than Devin Duvernay, who's a receiver. Tyler Huntley, he had three attempts. But, I mean, just nonstop running the football. The Ravens get it done on the ground. The defense holds holds Justin Herbert to a, a very modest stat line that I didn't expect to see out of Justin Herbert. And they really shut down the run of the, the Chargers as well. I, I'm fascinated by this, by the fact that the Ravens just dominated. Is this exercising the demon for the Ravens at this point uh, of, of the Chargers here? I don't know. This, the Ravens have been kind of Jekyll and Hyde this year. So at some points, they, they showcase that they're going to be the best team in football, like we just saw. In some cases, they're they're playing down. I, I'm starting to think maybe that they're starting to warm up because I, I think I'm, I'm at least I'm hoping that a lot of this is due to uh, is a slow start due to having 16 starters on IR. Right. And I, I think this is and 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 with that that exact stat, I think this is, that's a stat that at least for me puts some. Um, John Harbaugh in a category of his own for coach of the year. Yeah, I think John Harbaugh, and I was saying earlier this season, I would love to have a coach like John Harbaugh. And uh, yeah, he he gets it done uh, against the Chargers. I mean, just an incredible performance by the Ravens. Uh, Next up, you got the Packers. They go out and beat the Bears 24-14. Aaron Rodgers scores a rushing touchdown, goes in the end zone, yells at the Bears fans, I still fucking own you. I've always fucking owned you. I've been owning you my entire life. That's what he yells at the fans. Does Aaron Rodgers own the Bears? 100%. I mean, he pretty much owns the whole division. Yeah, but, right. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, are the Packers? I know you had a couple couple fans that were throwing middle fingers up and stuff like that, so that's kind of what triggered it from what, the way I, what I understand. Uh, are are the Packers right now? Are they contenders for the Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers wanted one more year in the sun. Are they contenders now? One hundred percent, they are. Uh, they they have been since that comeback game. I I, I think they're definitely going to be a threat. Are definitely going to be something that the league's got to watch out for. Yep, Packers jump to five and one. Bears fall to three and three. Next up, the Vikings take a an overtime thriller. It, it, it was thirty four twenty eight over the Panthers. Vikings go to three and three. Panthers fall to three and three. Another another you know kind of you know little bit of pee came out. Tyler, not not gonna lie. It was it was it was a it was a, it was a bit of a rough game, but I, 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 offensively they played well. It was really the defense that that kept the Panthers in this game. Well, I, I think there was a few things that went on. The Vikings, uh, from a, a defensive perspective, they actually played really well. Uh, they, they, the Panthers had a couple of, of situations. I Really, I believe it's the play calling more, more than anything. Again, we had another, another game where Mike Zimmer was very, very conservative in the play calling per, uh, uh, area. He was just doing the things that Mike Zimmer does. You know, way too conservative. He needs to be more aggressive. I mean, I have a problem with with this play calling at this point. You know, hey, we're going to run the ball on second and twenty. Why? Throw the football. Well, if you want to, if you're interested in involving the run in some way, shape, or form, involve some play action. But don't don't wave the white flag and run the ball on second and third down when you got you know close to twenty yards to go. It's like waving the white flag. So I I have questions Agreed. about the play calling here. The Vikings, they're going into the bye week. They've got the hardest stretch uh, to finish out the season out of any other team. It's the toughest schedule. It's going to be a rough go, especially those first five games out of the bye. The Vikings, I mean, they've got it coming to them, even from your Ravens. So uh, it's, it's going to be a tough stretch. I think if Mike Zimmer doesn't get it done and at least win three of those games, I think he's done for at the end of the season. He's really going to have to... to He's got to prove something this year. And if he fails to do so, well, this could be all she wrote for Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, I, I think. I'm I know. still standing by. He's got one year no matter what happens. Yeah, I, I think that's ballsy. Um, especially, you know it's going to be a new regime uh, at the quarterback position after this season. They, there's no way that they can retain Kirk Cousins. Uh, but one thing I do want to make mention of, Christian Derrissaw did make his, his season debut in this game. Played extremely well. Pretty happy with that. Next up, you got the Cardinals. They dominate the Browns. Just absolutely dominated them. A lot of injuries for the Browns. Cardinals get it done, 37-14. Cardinals remain undefeated, 6-0. The Browns fall to 3-3. Are the Brownies falling apart here? Is this is this what how it's going to go down? They're just going to have injuries galore, and everybody's going to be on the That's That seems to be where it's, where it's headed. And, and they, they got a Thursday night football game. That's that's tomorrow uh, yep. against the Broncos, but they're they're going to be very crippled because it's going to be no Baker, no Chubb, no no Hunt. Yeah, the, it seems like a lot of their starters are are you know going to be uh, down for the count. Case Keenum set to make a start in that game, count <sighs> start. So that's that could be entertaining. I mean, obviously this isn't a Pat Shermer run offense, but we'll see how that works out. But yeah, Case Keenum and uh, D. Ernest Johnson, I think the guy's name is, is set to make. His, de- his debut uh, for the Browns. 
Next up, you got the Raiders beating the Broncos of 34-24. Raiders, after all the John Gruden nonsense, they come out 34-24. They advance to 4-2. Broncos fall to 3-3. Derek Carr looks real good in this game. And the Raiders are, are starting to find their footing with the new head coach here. Tyler, what? I mean, are the Raiders knocking on the door of the playoffs still are they are they going to be out of it eventually i mean they're, they're on the edge here they're they're, they're gonna be one of those teams that are going to be kind of fighting for it towards the end of the season for sure yeah, i think they're going to wind up in a six or seven seed i don't think they're winning this division in spite of the fact that i think they're technically leading the division right now they believe they they're tied with the rate with the chargers yeah so i mean it's that's getting it's getting a little interesting for for the uh, AFC West, but also the Chiefs are are starting to fight their way back out of the cellar. So you could see the Raiders uh, doing some interesting things. I don't think they wind up as a, as a Super Bowl contender or anything like that. I don't I don't think they're going to touch that. But I think I have a pretty strong feeling the Raiders could make the playoffs this year, uh, based on how they're playing, and based on on the fact that they seem like they're still focused on on proving to the world that they're the real deal, uh, particularly Derek Carr. Am I correct there? Uh, 100%, but as the AFC seems weak, you have teams that are coming kind of coming out of the woodwork and playing hot, like Chargers, like Bengals. Right. So it's it's going to be interesting where it goes. Yeah. Uh, next up, a uh, another overtime thriller, Cowboys and the Patriots. Cowboys go ahead and beat the Patriots 35-29. to The Patriots had the most unlikely passing touchdown at the end of this game. Uh, to, to take a lead, and then the Cowboys roll back down the field. They kick the field goal to tie it. Then the Cowboys come out back in overtime, throw the pass to old C.D. Lamb for the uh, the touchdown. Dak Prescott gets it done. Cowboys go to 5-1. and one. Patriots fall to 2-4. and four. Is Mac Jones becoming the real deal? Is he the best quarterback to come out of this class, Tyler, or what? So far, it's looking that way. He's, he's kind of proven proven me and you both wrong here. He's not he's not played fantastic, but he's played pretty well for being your first year with yeah, a pretty beat up offense. I think he has just been you know a, a bright spot, and if he continues to develop in this fashion, Mac Jones could be the real deal for the Patriots down the line, and we could be talking about Mac Jones as as you know one of the all time great quarterbacks if he continues to develop. I've seen him over the last several weeks develop in such a way, and you can tell the game is sort of slowing down for him a little bit. He's making some great throws and some great plays and keeping his team his team in some of these football games. The dude's been on fire. Uh, very impressive uh, showing against the Cowboys, a very tough Cowboys team. And, uh, yeah, they, they go ahead and get it done. He even I mean, he had a pick six in this game, I believe, with, with to Trayvon Diggs, who kept his, his streak alive. But ultimately, I mean, really, he had a, a solid game. And it wasn't gaudy passing stats or anything like that. But 15 for 21, that's a pretty pretty solid accuracy stat there for a uh, rookie quarterback taking on a very tough Dallas defense, you know? Absolutely. So next up, the Cowboys, or I'm sorry, not the Cowboys, the Seahawks, rather. Uh, another overtime game. Seahawks and the Steelers. The Seahawks drop one of the Steelers. Steelers go and uh, score 23 against a very banged-up Seattle team. Uh, Seattle only puts up 20. Steelers advance to 3-3. Three and three. Seattle goes 2-4. and four. Uh, With the Steelers beating the Seahawks here, is, is Big Ben still threatening to, to go into the playoffs here, Tyler? Do you think the Steelers are going to be one of those fringe teams that miss? They had to go to overtime to beat Geno Smith, who did not play well. 
Right. This this game is telling to me that Steelers are, are going to continue their free fall. Yeah, I think they are free falling. Uh, and, and really, I mean, Geno Smith really, uh, the fumble where he, he lost the ball that, that wound up costing them the game, that was on him. I mean, no doubt he's got to learn how to, to hang on to the football. But, uh, you know, the guy that really kept him in this game, I think, is Alex Collins. Collins had himself a really good game. And and I after having a really rough game to start his, his tenure here with the Seahawks, he came out and played really well. Uh, but the Steelers, hey, you know, they got it done. That Steelers defense got it done. Probably the most interesting thing about that game was the peanut punching that was going on from old, old uh, T.J. Watt there. Uh, he got called for a couple couple of penalties because he was trying to punch the ball out. Man, he was really it, it looked like he was punching the guy in the face. <laughs> I was like, what is, is this a mugging? Is this is this what we're doing now? We're, we're mugging our opponents. So that happened. And then last but not least, Monday Night Football, the Titans getting upset over the Buffalo Bills. Titans beat the Bills 34-31. Fun game to watch. Very fun game. It's, it's scary because Derrick Henry didn't have a slow start. He's just been blowing up ever since the start. So we're, I, I think we're talking about Derrick Henry potentially being an, an, being an MVP candidate right now. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we are. And, and Josh Allen had himself a hell of a game in this as well. You know... A guy, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, kind of call you out for this here because I have to. You said it, it, the the word elite left your mouth um, a while back about Ryan Tannehill. I never um, use the word elite because uh, he's he's a, he's a he's a game game manager. The word elite did leave your mouth. It did not. And and Ryan Tannehill has not been good this year. He has not been good. 216 yards in this game. Ryan Tannehill, is he like, was he like a one-hit wonder here? I no, because he's, he's had now three good seasons with the Titans. I, I mean, it, it, is he is he done? Is he falling off? Is he Baker Mayfield falling off? No. He's just having a slow start. You just think it's a slow start? You don't think this type of trend is going to continue? No, I think they're going to start warming up. And we're talking with Julio Jones and, and A.J. Brown. Julio's trash. <laughs> Julio played. Julio's done. He's played pretty well the, the last couple played of years. played okay. I, I know his numbers haven't been phenomenal. It hasn't been significantly less than Corey Davis's numbers. Significantly. <laughs> you love Corey Davis. He, you, Corey Davis was a thousand-yard receiver last year for Titans, and Julio's not even going to come close. Corey Davis, we had this discussion. He wasn't a thousand yards. Was he nine eighty or some shit? Sixty, I think. Yeah, he he. Uh, Corey he, Davis now has more yards than Julio Jones. With the Jets, no less. With the Jets and more touchdowns. Yeah. So there's that. So those are your scores. Those are your scores from uh, Week Six in the NFL. Tyler, uh, you know we had some really great performances on the offensive side of the football this week, in particular. But it was easier this week than last week. A lot easier. <laughs> I actually have, for the first time ever, uh, something's going to happen in the Forgotten Five this week. So you're you're gonna and your mind is going to be blown. Um, it's he's number five, but you're gonna you're gonna see that this. It's you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, really? Did this actually happen? So Tyler, but first let's jump into Tyler's top. 
And here we go. Tyler, hit me with that top 10 stuff, buddy. All right. Number 10, Josh Allen, 35-47, 353 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Josh Allen, I mean, is this guy in MVP discussion at this point? He's working his way back up. A lot of people are saying he's number one right now. But a lot of people are also saying another guy on my list is also number one. A lot of people are saying Tom Brady's number one. Uh, yep. There's a few. There's a few guys. There's a, there's a few guys in the conversation. Is this going to wind up being ultimately a quarterback battle, or do you think do you think Derrick Henry stays relevant in this discussion all year long? I think Derrick Henry stays relevant in this discussion all year round. Yeah, that's kind of how it's trending. But uh, he's, Josh he's on pace to, to to shatter the uh, the the yards in a season record, even through 16, and, and w- which is what you want to see. He's looking right. to do it. Yep, yep. That's I want to see it through 16. Currently, I mean, when we start getting into like, and this is my thing: if, if we when we start getting to 17 games, and we we have the uh, like, w- if the records all start getting broken in 17 games, then I'm going to be like, well, it was just because it was 17 games. But if we go like five, six, seven, eight years, and none of the records get broken after 17, and then boom, it finally happens, then I'm going to say, okay, so it was still difficult to do, you know, with, even with the, the extra game. But, you know, if, if, it, if it just happens immediately, then it just tells me, well, you just had the benefit of an extra game, and there should be an asterisk next to your name. I mean, I think that makes sense, don't you? I, I, would, I, would, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Right, yeah, it, right now he's about... 20 yards behind on the 16, but he's on pace to be well over that, over 17, obviously. But but the problem is, is Derrick Henry has a tendency of heating up in November. So things could get interesting. Yeah. I mean, and and is, do you think that Derrick Henry, so do you think he breaks the, the single season rushing record this year? We'll start there. <sighs> he's going to come damn close. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I mean, that's a, a huge number to, to break. You know, if he continues on this pace, this 140, 150 yard per game pace, I, I think I think he can can hammer it. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have to go out and throw out maybe one more 200 yard game to really really just ice this one. Yeah, he, you you got to average 131.5 yards, and he's averaging 130. Wow! So he's right on pace for it. He's right on it <laughs> derrick henry such a monster all right so but job back to josh allen josh allen i mean you i'm I'm gonna give you a heat praise on you here tyler you you were absolutely right about the best quarterback to come out of that quarterback class right now it's josh well no josh allen's second who's first lamar i don't know about that no lamar is already being considered the greatest mobile threat quarterback of all time. He's already he, so in 3 seasons, he's played mm-hmm. about 3 seasons worth of games. He's already halfway to Michael Vick's rush yard total. Well, and I I think that they're they're becoming two different. Like Josh Allen is still really mobile, which is great. But I think Josh Allen is is converting himself into a a much more complete pocket passer. I think it's it's becoming um it's kind of getting to the level of Roethlisberger at this point. Because he's such a big boy, and he, like Roethlisberger used to be able to run, you know, used to, you know, not in his older age here, but Roethlisberger was such a big boy, he used to be able to run really well, and Josh Allen has become this, like, oh, he's nearing, like, pure pocket passing, I mean, it's it's 
crazy to see. But at the same note, though, Lamar's passed for just as many yards and has a ve- and has a very identical uh, QBR and a very identical completion percentage. Ooh. This could be a, this is going to be a tough discussion here. I don't know. I don't but know. Baker's definitely fallen out of this conversation. Oh yeah, Baker is done. Baker is done. A lot of us were were excited about Baker Mayfield. Now it's not so much anymore. He has slumped into uh, to to being one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. To be honest, I because currently Lamar is ninth in passing yards and seventh in rush yards. Yikes! Well, Josh Allen right now, I think he has every right to be in that MVP discussion, don't you? I would hundred percent agree. Yeah, I think he does. And do you think the Bills? have a really good shot at going to the Super Bowl and finally getting one for Buffalo? They definitely do. They're one of the yeah. most dangerous teams right now. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. But anyway, going to number nine, your boy Dalvin Cook, 29 carries, 140 yards, and a touchdown. He quietly had a really great game. Um, you know, not a lot of people were talking about Dalvin's 140 yards in this football game, which – was interesting. It was, a, it was a slow burn kind of game because he did he did carry the carry the ball twenty nine times. Right. There there was it, it. It's a very against a very tough Carolina defense. Really, Carolina's defense is has been very good this year. We we sort of benefited from the the uh, the the absence of Christian McCaffrey and the inability of Sam Darnold to get going. So Dalvin, and at one point, Dalvin and, and C.J. Ham actually saved an entire drive uh, when, when the Vikings were down by a point. C.J. Ham broke a big run, and then Dalvin broke another one, and then Dalvin got in the end zone. So the Vikings, you know, obviously the offense runs through Dalvin. He's been playing with an ankle injury, so for him to put up 140 yards in that game against a really tough defense and carry the rock as much as he did, you know, it, it really shows his toughness. And it shows that the offense does run through Dalvin Cook. I'm really thankful that that he's going to be going into the bye week so he can, you know, get that ankle back to where it needs to be. But for him to do a, a, what he did, you know, outstanding. They're going to need him for this five-game stretch. So it's good that he's going to have two weeks to kind of, you know, rest and get that ankle back where it needs to be. But, yeah, that's, that's going to be uh, – the tough one, but Dalvin Cook definitely deserves to be on this list this week. I agree. And if you didn't put him on, he was he was going to be number one on the uh, the forgotten. Number eight, Joe Mixon, 153 total yards and a touchdown. Yeah, the the big thing is total yards. There, he had a like a, a big catch out of the backfield. I mean, and just took off. It was it was wild. He he, uh, we knew he was going to dominate the Lions. We we knew that was coming. I knew he was hurt. And the Bengals' bye week isn't until I think like week ten, so he's he's still playing hurt, and he's still going to have to to continue to play at a high level, even though he didn't carry an, an injury designation going into this game. Mixon, when he's healthy, is one of the best backs in football. And the the trouble the troubling thing for Mixon is just the injury history. He's he's had so many injuries last year. He was very injured this year. He's been hurt. So we'll we'll see what Mixon continues to do. But I like him on the in this spot. He looked really great against the Lions this past Sunday. But again, it's the Lions. So, but he still had himself a great game, got in the end zone. So, welcome back, Joe Mixon. Number seven, Leonard Fournette, 127 total yards and two touchdowns. He's taken over the Bucks' backfield, and I think it's crazy, don't you? He's he's back. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, he was he was always great with Jacksonville. 
and now he's uh, he's he's overtaken Ronald Jones, which is just kind of it's kind of a surprising thing. Like I know I know Leonard Fournette, he got hot in the playoffs last year, and it was exciting, and that's cool. But <clears throat> I think it's in, it's worth noting that Ronald Jones played really well last year, but he's but he's he's looked very human this year. He's been very limited. They they barely used the guy. Which is just, I mean, they when he started to the beginning of the season, but then, and the, well, I guess they, they kind of split the whole time, but Fournette was always out playing them. Yeah, they, they, they split for the first couple of games and then they, they just said, yeah, hey, we're going to go with Fournette. And Fournette has been, you know, really toting the rock. And, and really for the first time in a while, Tom Brady has a running back that is like a high end, high priced, big name running back. Which makes them scary. Yeah, which makes it, I mean, that team is very, very dangerous. Can the Bucks run it back? Uh, does, they, right now, yes, they 100% can. Yeah. I, is is Leonard Fournette one of the best backs in football, or is is this just going to be a kind of an anomaly year for him? I think he's warming back up. I think he's getting back to his uh, old self, and that could be bad for the whole league. Yeah. It, well, it could be bad for the whole league, but it, it could be fun. But Leonard Fournette, he always had some kind of attitude problems. I think his attitude is 10 times better in Tampa than it was in Jacksonville, don't you? I agree. Yeah, he always he always had an attitude and off the field problems. So it's good to see him uh, in a good headspace. Same with with I don't know what it is about Tom Brady, you know, Antonio Brown as well. You know, so it seems like they're they're taking these these uh, um, fixer upper guys and and saying, all right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring you back from the dead here. Number six, Cooper Cup, continuing his. Dominance, nine receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Matt Stafford's favorite target. Yes, 100%. He's him and Matt Stafford are buddies. You know, interestingly enough, you know, it's kind of sad because Robert Woods, you know, he he was technically the number one over there for a while. Uh, Robert Woods hasn't been getting the touches that that he honestly deserves. Robert Woods is a good receiver. I feel like Matt Stafford sometimes just kind of stares down Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup has been playing extremely well. I would love to see Robert Woods more involved with this team, but at the same time, Cooper Cup is just, he's taking care of business and he's, he's getting in the end zone. Uh, He's, he's, I mean, really been a a quality target for, for Matt Stafford. And, and I don't know if he, I mean, he's kind of like a, a better version of Kenny Galladay. I, I, Kenny Galladay was really great for Stafford for a while. I want to see if Cooper Cup can stay healthy. That's been always been the, the big question mark with Cooper Cup is his health. As long as he stays healthy, this Rams team stay, stays dangerous. But I also think that if Cooper Cup were to go down, that Robert Woods would be right there to, to pick up that workload. I agree because I, I still stand by that Robert Woods is still the better pure receiver. But the, 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 connection, the connection that Cooper Cup and Stafford have right now is undeniable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean – here we are, Cooper Cup. I mean, putting up huge numbers. He's one of the the top receivers in the NFL right now. Did you ever see that coming? No. <laughs> so that's wild. Second in yards and first in touchdowns. Exactly. That's craziness. Number five, Kirk Cousins, thirty three for forty eight, three hundred seventy three yards and three touchdowns. The late game luminary, the dagger doctor, Kirky McClutcherton. There he is, Kirk Cousins getting it done against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, another game-winning drive. 
I mean, like, and all these Kirk, I, I got to point out in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, six games, basically in a row, Kirk Cousins has put the Minnesota Vikings in a position to win the football game late. Now, understanding they shouldn't be in that situation late every game like they have been. But it doesn't change that. And, and there are certain things that they, they would have won some of these games if, if certain things weren't out of his control. Uh, the, the phantom fumble from Dalvin in Cincinnati. The, the bad kick from, from uh, Greg Joseph. Kirk has come alive. I wasn't thrilled with the, his play in Cincinnati in the first in week one in the first half. He played like hell. He was a checkdown Charlie. I wasn't happy about it. But I'd be lying if I told you that I didn't think Kirk Cousins came alive in the last several weeks. Uh, this week, I don't think it was you know. So he got it done in spite of a really bad game plan. And I I can't tell you the amount of bubble screens I counted in that game. There was like. 11 or 12 fucking bubble screens that he's just throwing these hitch passes out to the sidelines behind the line of scrimmage. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. It was just a bad game plan from, from Clint Kubiak. Kirk made a very clutch throw uh, to KJ Osborne to win this game. He drove downfield. He looked uh, focused. Kirk Cousins has been playing great football. He re he really has. I, I, I can't, I, I love to shit on the guy when he when he doesn't play well, but man, I, there's nothing to shit on over the course of the last several weeks. Uh, as long as he's not doing his check down Charlie shit when we're when we're on third and long, I'm happy with it. And so far, Kirk has been doing his job. So kudos to him and getting a, a tough win against a very very tough Carolina team that started out red hot. Uh, and and like I said, Sam Darnold not being able to be accurate really kind of played into our favor. But Kirk still made some really great throws in this game, some really clutch throws. He looked solid in this football game. And Carolina always seems to give the Vikings fits. They did again this time, but Kirk still got it done. Number four, Jonathan Taylor on only 14 carries. He had 145 yards and two touchdowns. That offense runs through Jonathan Taylor right now. Yes, he's he's warmed up from a very slow start, and now he's being one of the, he's been one of the best best backs in football. Yeah, the the uh, Carson Wentz experiment I don't think is working out. I know they've got a couple years with the guy, and I know maybe he'll get better as the time goes on and and he gets more comfortable in the system. But I believe that they realize that they have something special in Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor was great in Wisconsin. He was great last year. He's he's. You know, he's going to be a great back in this league as long as he, his health holds up and as long as he can keep the fumbles to a minimum, which for the most part, I think he has this season. But he's just an outstanding running back. And, and I, I actually disagree with the Carson Wentz thing because he's actually playing fairly well. He's 10th in yards and he's got a nine to one touchdown interception ratio. I think the problem comes with they've had a very hard schedule in the first six weeks. I, I think the so Carson Wentz. There are occasions where I look at his stat line. I think it was, was it this week or last week? He, one of the, the most recent weeks, he went 16 for 27. I mean, like, it, there, there are certain occasions where I, I think that there are, for example, Jonathan Taylor caught a pass out of the backfield and made a great play with his legs uh, in, against the Ravens. Made a great play with his legs. It was a 78-yarder, I think it was, for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I, I think stuff like that, 
sometimes it doesn't tell you the big picture. We see the yardage, and that's great. But Kirk Cousins, for example, we were just talking about him. 351 yards against the Bengals, but he only threw four passes over 15 yards in that football game. Jonathan Taylor picked up 78 of Carson Wentz's yards in one play with his legs, and it still counts as, oh, well, this is my my passing yardage. And I think a lot of that, some of that, sometimes that kind of bugs me when we talk about a guy and, and you know, having great numbers and, oh, look at his, look at his passing stats and all that stuff. We talk about that, but I don't think it, it actually tells the full story of, of Carson Wentz here um, as far as, you know, him being like 10th in yards and things like that. I think he's got a lot of solid playmakers on that team and, uh, you know, a number of guys that have stepped up, uh, for example, in the, in the uh, absence of T.Y. Hilton. So, I don't know. I, I'm not completely sold on Carson Wentz, but I am sold on Jonathan Taylor. I, I think I think Jonathan Taylor is is you know gonna be the heart and soul of that offense for the years to come. So I'm like I said, I'm gonna disagree with you on Carson Wentz, but it, we'll see. The jur- to me the jury's out. If he if he continues to do what he's doing, you know, I might be singing a different tune in a couple of weeks. But we'll <laughs> see. But anyway, kind of moving on to uh, number three, yep. C.D. Lamb. Nine receptions, 149 yards, and two touchdowns. Is he the number one there now? Can we officially say it? He, he definitely is. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said I thought he was becoming the number one, and, and we were like, eh, I don't know. And then he, he's the number one. <laughs> he's, he's, oh, he's the number one. Big physical guy. I like C.D. Lamb. Uh, I, I I wasn't sold on him last year. This year, I'm more sold on him. You can tell Dak really trusts him, especially in those those uh, those really uh, tough spots when they were in overtime. He chucked that that touchdown pass to him. CD had the corner beat and and took it to the house. He's a good receiver, and he he's now like now that you've seen from last year to this year, he's developing, and you can tell he's developed a rapport with Dak Prescott. That that is is really special. He's gone from being like an 800-yard receiver to the point where he's going to be a consistent 1,200-yard receiver over the course of his career now. And I, I believe that firmly. I, I love the trust that he has with Dak. And he's been really just spot on. Clutch, man. Really just a clutch receiver. He doesn't drop a whole lot of passes. I think this has been uh, pretty pretty outstanding by C.D. Lamb this season, don't you? At 100%. He's, he's really coming to his own. Yeah. Number two, Dak Prescott, 36 for 51, 445 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Dak looking good. We were uh, nervous that he wasn't going to play in this game, and then he hurt his calf on the last play of this game, but he still looked really good. We'll see if he's going to play this week. They were they were saying, oh, he might he might not come in and he might not play. They might rest him for a week, and then they decided to play him, and he was fine. And then that last play, I guess he he hurt his calf somehow. I mean, he's listed as questionable going into the week, but he played great ball. He's easily one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the league now. Uh, I don't I don't know that he I, I here's the thing. I know quarterback wins and losses are not a stat. <laughs> let's let's start there. I know it's not a stat. But I want to see if Dak can get this team to the promised land. 
that's kind of what's on his shoulders right now. And if he can do that, then we might be talking about the Cowboys, you know, making the right decision and signing him for that massive contract that they did in the offseason, in spite of the fact that his foot was turned on backwards. So we'll see. But Dak so far lights out. Uh, I mean, it, it can, an, can an argument be made for him as a top five quarterback right now? Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. And number one, to the surprise of none, no one, it's King Henry himself on 20 carries, 143 yards, and three touchdowns. He kept the Titans in that game just on pure will alone. I mean, just doing what he does. Uh, I did actually, for the first time, I saw Derrick Henry get lit up <laughs> on one play. He did get smacked on one play. And it was like the first time I've I've seen it in a long time. but. I mean, there there were, I mean, a couple of plays where he he got a handoff and, you know, Micah Hyde came up to make a play and he stuffed him into the ground. And I mean, Jordan Poyer was coming up to make plays. He stuffed him into the ground. I mean, he, Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry things. The guy is just, I mean, he's an animal. He really is an animal. I, I'm amazed by uh, what he's been doing. So, uh, yeah, I fully agree with this. Derrick Henry, he's, he's the heart and soul of the Titans. He's what's keeping them alive. Uh, I, a lot of people had them to be cooked at this point, but now he, they're at four and two, and it's all on him. And it's all his doing. So great job by Derrick Henry this week. Now, Tyler, I've got five that I think you forgot about. I'm going to jump in here for... Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five. Now, number five here. Now, Tyler, I, you know, and I'm getting, I, I've been excited about this one because uh, number five is Christian Derisaw. And he made his start this week for the Vikings. He only allowed one pressure. He had a 70.3 pass blocking grade in his first start in the NFL made Rashad Hill look like an afterthought made Kirk Cousins more comfortable than I've ever seen Kirk Cousins in the pocket. So for the first time, an offensive lineman is gracing the forgotten five with his performance this past week. Uh, A lot of people are singing his praises. A lot of people are saying that, that this guy's the real deal. Uh, Alex Boone was just on a, a podcast recently on purple daily. He was just saying that, you know, he thinks Christian Derisaw is going to be the real deal this year. Man, he played great football this past Sunday and gave the Vikings some solidarity on the offensive line that they haven't had in forever. Uh, it was just an outstanding game. Are you surprised to see an offensive lineman grace the Forgotten Five? I'm surprised to see it, but he did himself a hell of a week. Yeah, he played so well. Uh, now, next up, we're going to get back to the norm here. Number four goes to Alex Collins playing in the. Uh, the replacement role of, of uh, Chris Carson. Alex Collins gets 20 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown. We know Alex Collins from his his prior stints. Do you think this guy just doesn't get enough credit? I think he can be a starter in the NFL, don't you? Uh, still got a sour taste from his poor-ass performances in Baltimore, so I, I think he's just hit or miss. Oh, okay. I mean, this past week, I think he looked really great. I know, I know. He had some poor performances. I didn't. He, if I'm not mistaken, he played for San Francisco for a minute, didn't he? I believe he did. 
Yeah, and and he was all right in San Fran. So we'll see if if Alex Collins can continue. I know Chris Carson has been placed on IR, so that's going to be going to be an interesting situation if Alex Collins can continue to stay healthy. I know right now he's got a little bit of a hip issue after this past week. Uh, number three goes to Damian Harris, 18 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. He looked really great for the uh, for the Patriots there. Is Damian Harris starting to come into his own, or do you think he's just a low end kind of flex guy? I mean, what, yeah, what? he's still kind of a low end to me, but he, he's he's doing well with the, with the opportunities he's been given. Yeah, I think he is. I think you know Bill Belichick's system has never catered to running backs. It it never has, and they've always done a running back by committee thing, and you know they they it's been a decade since the Patriots have had a really great running back over there. I mean, I, I can't remember the last one, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, maybe, you know, and even he was hit or miss. So, right. you know, the, the Patriots, yeah, you know, they, it doesn't really cater to running backs. I feel like it's kind of a running backs graveyard over there, but Damian Harris, he's, he's starting to kind of mold into his own. I like Damian Harris. I think if he played anywhere else as a starter, he would be, rock solid so we'll see how Damian Harris continues to develop I hope he he just for his sake anyway he continues to uh to tear it up uh number two goes to Derek Carr 18 for 27 341 two touchdowns no interceptions um amid all of the distractions Derek Carr getting it done he wasn't the most accurate this week but that 341 man he was just slinging it down the field wasn't he Oh, he, he he looked good. The whole team looked really well, and I, we kind of predicted it go the other way with everything. But they 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 got rallied together and made it happen. Yeah, he's he's leading his team, and and I I'm absolutely impressed with with Derek Carr. I I can't get over how how awesome he played and how he he really carried his his buddies uh, over the over the finish line there. So good on him for for continuing in spite of all of the John Gruden stuff and all the craziness that's been going on. Yeah, good on uh, Derek Carr. And number one goes to a guy that hasn't been on the, the list yet this year, and this was his best performance of the year so far. I'm surprised it took him this long to get on here. Adam Thielen, 11 receptions, 126 yards, and a touchdown. He was the number one target for Kirk Cousins on Sunday. And, uh, man, what a, what a performance. What a performance by Thielen, including the touchdown in the court of the end zone. I don't even know how the hell he made that happen. I mean, I don't know he, if you saw the clip. He was on my list up until Derrick Henry and uh, Josh Allen went off on Monday. Yeah. Uh, Thielen, I mean, that catch in the corner of the end zone was one of the most beautiful things. I, I mean, it was, it was a good throw by Kirk, but an even better catch by Thielen, making sure his feet were in bounds, making sure the ball was secure. And, I mean, even the announcers were, were saying, yeah, I don't know how the hell he did that. It was just really an astounding catch for that touchdown, and man, he was he was getting it done. So for Adam Thielen, good on him. He's number one on Freytown's Forgotten Five. Now, Tyler, it's time for your favorite part of the show, where we make fun of people. <laughs> so we, we're going to do that for Freytown's Forgetful Five. Number five goes to Davis Mills, uh, 29 for 43, 243, and uh, two, two interceptions. He did not, you know, like, I'm not going to say that he played bad because 29 for 43 is actually a pretty good accuracy number, which is why he's kind of low. Um, the two picks, though, didn't get the ball in the end zone. He doesn't have much to really like over there in Houston. 
and you know, I, I like Davis Mills. That's the thing. I, I like him a lot. I think it, it, we're having a different conversation if he had something else over there outside of Brandon Cooks, but he really doesn't have anything else. They don't have a really viable running back. Nobody, I mean, Mark Ingram, I guess, is supposed to be the, the starter over there, and, and really he hasn't looked that good. Davis Mills kind of just flying by the seat of his pants right now. Is, is he not? Yeah, but he's trying his best right now. It's a it's a bad situation. He's he's working through it the best he can. Yeah, and and I think the the Texans are are you know sitting in in uh, in, in a very kind of no man's land type of spot. Fun fact: the Eagles the Eagles. By the way, I I just read this. They own three of the top ten draft picks. Yes, that's insanity. Uh, number four goes to Daniel Jones, 29 for 51, 242 yards, three interceptions on the day. Daniel Jones, we were just lauding him as as a uh, a quarterback that was really just, you know, coming alive and developing really well. And then he goes and has a regression type of game like this. Well, I know. does he deserve to be here? Yes. Is it his fault? No. The whole, t- whole offense is gone. The whole offense is gone. Yeah, and, everyone, and, even Tony, that wasn't wasn't there this week. Yeah, and and the the Rams have, have a very tough team, so I I understand why you know this happened. But man, just a rough game for Daniel Jones. We'll see if he can bounce back next week. We'll see if he gets some receivers on the field next week. Uh, number three goes to, so we we had one Vikings offensive lineman on the 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 forgotten. On the forgetful five, we're going to have another. Oliudo. Uh, Oliudo had three holds and a false start in this game. He had a 40.3 PFF grade. He allowed so many pressures in this game. He was thrown around like a rag doll. Just looked horrible. You know, I've been saying for a long time that the Vikings need to get interior offensive linemen. That was something that that I, I and I was really big on the idea of them getting Elijah Vera Tucker and starting him at guard or getting Rashawn Slater and starting him at guard. The Vikings failed to do that, and and they're still starting Ezra Cleveland at guard. And Garrett Bradbury, you know, as much as I was excited about him as a draft pick, he's proven to be a bust. And Aliudo, they they moved him from tackle to guard. He has, you know, he he started out all right in the first two games and has not been good since. Uh, and, and this past Sunday, against a very tough Carolina pass rush, he did not perform well. Um, and the interior part of this line. So Aliudo is is going to wind up as number three on the forgetful five. Number two goes to a guy that actually has a touchdown to his name, DeAndre Swift. Uh, he had 13 carries for 24 yards and a touchdown, but only a 1.8 average. 13 carries for 24 yards, Tyler. It is Was this a... a a scheme thing? Is this just the fact that the Bengals are the real deal? What do you think happened here? I I don't know what happened. I mean, Swift is still a big part of this offense, but I think it was just a weird week for him. Yeah, I think the was, Bengals just kind of just beat him across every part of the game this week. I believe they should be handing it off to him out of the backfield more than they are. Um, but he, I mean, the Bengals really have been very good against the run. So we'll see if he can have a bounce back game. But I'm hoping Dan Campbell uses him more effectively. I, I don't feel like the Lions have been using the run game effectively throughout the the you know uh, this part of the season. 
So we'll see if, if DeAndre Swift winds up getting his footing back in. It's kind of funny that we were just talking about him, how they need to hand the ball off to him more. And I, I still that they think that they do need to. But we'll see how that works out. And last but not least, Sam Darnold gets number one on this list. 17 for 41. Uh, 207 yards, one touchdown, one pick. At one point during this game, Sam Darnold was 5 for 19 in this football game. I mean, just, I mean, is Sam Darnold seeing ghosts? Are we back to Sam Darnold via the New York Jets? Is Adam Gase running this football team? What is going on with Darnold? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Darnold right now. It's, we're, we're, we're in some sort of free fall. It's not good right now. No, it's bad. This is really bad. This is about as, as bad as I think I've ever seen it. <laughs> so Sam Darnold. Has has lost everything. This is, but is it fair to say that this is a completely different offense without CMC on the field? Hundred percent. That's what I'm thinking. So there's that. Now Tyler, we've got our our rookie rankings. I know I sent mine to you. Uh, we had I I you I know it seemed like a very very heavy free fall, but judging by what I saw, you know I I had to to free fall a guy on my on my rookie rankings. Tyler, tell me what we've got overall here. Between here, here we got what we got overall. Um, on one note, we had it's it's the most it's the least movement we've had since the start. But on another note, we've also have some shifting. Yes, guys on the outside looking in, I'm I'm only going to list two this week, and that's Najee Harris and Mac Jones. Yes, both of those guys are are starting to to elevate themselves, especially Harris. Harris has come alive the last two weeks and looked very very good. For Pittsburgh, I've been impressed with with Najee Harris, and I feel like Pittsburgh is actually using him to his full potential now, which is something very interesting. And obviously, we just got done talking about Mac Jones and how he's probably the best quarterback to come out of this class so far. He's played really well, and he did really well against a very tough Dallas defense this past week. So, yeah, I, I agree with you that these guys are right on the cusp of being in that top 10. Number 10, Trey Smith, after being unranked last week. Yeah, he makes the list. I, I, you know, and I had him kind of on a, the lower part of that list. I, he still made the list. I had him at number eight. He's been just a, a beacon of consistency, which is the big thing here. I, the, the big thing about like right now, when a guy really has a really bad game, you know, there are are several rookies right now who are playing consistently at an extremely high level, and so when a guy has a really really bad game. It, it, they really run the, the risk of dropping uh, heavily because of the fact that that consistency wasn't there and, and their grades have dropped so heavily. So, yeah, uh, Trey Smith, I mean, he's played consistently. I know we've had him kind of on the outside, you know, but he, he pops onto the list finally. I've been kind of throwing him on mine because I, I really just – what I see is a guy that has is, is consistently been good at that guard position – and uh, I like him a lot. So, yeah, I agree with this this uh, spotting. I think he's that's about right. Trey Smith is, is starting to make his name known. Number nine, through no fault of his own, Kyle Pitts was seven, now nine. He was on a bye this week, and I wasn't going to move him off my off my 10 because of that. Right, right. He's uh, He was on the bye, so I, I don't think it can really hurt him. You know, I, I'm with you on that. But he did move down due to some good performances. Yeah, there were some really solid performances this week from from guys that were already on the list, and they they kind of inched their way up. They're 
And, and because of those really good, and they were really good performances, you had to put in some pretty good performances to kind of move up a little bit. And, uh, they, those guys deliver. So I, yeah, Kyle Pitts drops a little bit. He dropped a little bit on my list. So yeah, that that's where we're at. So just an FYI for you, if I ever have two guys who score the, the same amount, um, it, the guy who already had the higher position will, will retain that as a tiebreaker. Okay. This is an FYI. Uh, number eight, another debut in the list, Nate Hobbs, unranked last week and now on the list. Yeah, I've had Nate Hobbs uh, for the last couple of weeks on my list. He came in in relief uh, for one of the in the Raiders corner situation. He was a slot corner, moved to the outside, has done extremely well. Uh, he's been great in coverage. His coverage grades have been phenomenal. He's a good tackler. Kind of a strange guy to be talking about because nobody knew who the hell Nate Hobbs was. Uh, but he's he's done so well. He was he was a, a lower end draft pick for for the Raiders and and I like what he's doing. Uh, it's, it's you know the Raiders defense has been very much improved this year, and uh, Nate Hobbs has been a big part of that. Number seven, Sam Cosme was eight, moved up a spot. Yeah, he's he's moving gradually up my list. Uh, he's he's been good for the, for the Washington football team. They they needed offensive line help there as it was, and yeah, there you go. Sam Cosme comes in and and it's like, you know, they they didn't lose a step. So I I like what what Sam Cosme's doing. High grades across the board, keeping Taylor Heineke clean. I I like that. Number six, Adafe Owe was at five. Now drops to six. Didn't have a stellar week, but it, but uh, he didn't have a horrible week either. Yeah, he he was uh, quiet. He he's had a couple of uh, like you know minor. I for a second I thought he was like hurt hurt you know, but uh, he's had some tweaks and stuff like that on the field and and I mean it wasn't a horrible week, but it wasn't great either. Uh, he he he's a a good player. He's a very good player. He's played extremely well uh, for a rookie. I mean hitting on some key spots, getting some fumbles knocked out, causing causing games to be closed. You know, he, he closes the door on his opponent a lot of times. I like what he's doing. He He's still in the discussion for, for you know, defensive rookie of the year. So, obviously, uh, the Ravens got a steal with him, and he's going to remain probably on this list for the rest of the season, barring a setback. Number five, and this represents the biggest difference of the season in, in a ranking of a player between myself and you. Number five, Micah Parsons lasts at number three, drops to number five after, um, based on average score. Yeah, I dropped Micah Parsons so heavily this week over the horrible performance he had this week. Um, his grades have been gradually dropping. If you looked at... at um, and and just looking at it from a, a pro football focus perspective, uh, if you looked at what he had a couple weeks ago, we were talking about a guy with an 84 PFF grade, and then he dropped down into the 70, the high 70s, and then he dropped down into the low 70s, and now we're talking about a guy with a 60.3 PFF grade. So that's a pretty big drop. He did not have a good performance this week, and he did not. <clears throat> he didn't, and and I'm I'm hoping to see that Micah Parsons comes back from it and starts moving his way back up the list. I had him drop from number, I think it was number two, all the way down to number 10 on my list, for example, 
because of the fact, and this is what we're, what I'm talking about with consistency. You know, if you're not going to play consistently, like, like the other nine guys on my list did, then, you know, that all it takes is one game for him to, to tumble like that. So here we are, Micah Parsons taking a tumble and, and I'm surprised it was only two spots because he, like I said, he went from two to 10. So yeah, I, I kept him ranked still fairly high. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think the one performance takes him out of the top five for me. I, I, I think uh, if the season ended now, he'd still be in a, in a, in a very serious conversation for, for defensive rookie, but he has gradually been not performing as well. And he's got to turn that around or he's going to begin to make that fall. Right. Number four, Rashad Slater was two. Now four, he's also dropping a little bit. Um, the Charters as a whole just got reamed. So Slater is still playing well. His grades are really high. Uh, I think, he, and this this goes to show you how good this rookie class is, particularly, I mean, with stuff like offensive line and stuff. Rashawn Slater it has, con, you know, he was at like a 71, 72. Now I think he's sitting at a 77. So, I mean, he he's still playing at an extremely high level. But the guys that are in the top three spots, that goes to show you how good those guys are playing. Because now we're talking about guys in that that 80 range, um, which, I mean, I think is kind of a big deal. So, yeah, I'm liking Rashawn Slater here. He He's still consistent. And that's why he didn't drop horribly. But the two, the three guys above him have just been, I mean, blowing up. And and one of them might start dropping a little bit because one of those guys that wound up in the top three did wind up getting hurt this past Sunday. And I'm sure we'll be talking about him momentarily here. But yeah, Rashawn Slater, here we are. I mean, he's he's actually become the best, one of the best offensive linemen and probably the best offensive tackle to come out of this draft this year. Number three, Creed Humphrey was six, moves himself into the top three. He's posting the best offensive lineman grade out of any rookie this year. Uh, outstanding center. He's playing extremely well for Patty Mahomes. He's really manning up that interior. Him and Trey Smith get along really well. You can tell that they're a, a solid team. That interior offensive line has just been phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal for the Chiefs. Uh, Creed Humphrey... I love I love everything he's doing. I love it. The guy is is just he anchors so well and he keeps Patrick Mahomes clean up the interior. Uh, he he keep and really I mean the the biggest problems they're having in Kansas City right now is is the pocket collapsing from the outside. So and that's why Patty Mahomes seems to be running all over the place. Yeah, I like Green Humphrey. I think he's he's just awesome. He's going to be a great center in this league for years to come. Number two, Jeremiah Uso Koromoa, last at four, moves into the top two. Yeah, he moves into the top two, but we he's gonna be we're gonna be talking about it a little bit. We could see a drop from him based on, you know, and and being there is is a big deal in the NFL. Just being available. And right now, and and that it'll be a new story we're going to be talking about, but he had, he suffered an ankle injury for, against the Cardinals. He's set to be out for a month. So we might be seeing him fall off the list even. I mean, we can we can talk about his grades, but at the same time, you know, availability is availability. The next month's so, independent on how the rest of the rookies perform. Exactly. So, I mean, we could see him fall. And it, it depends on on how the rest of the rookies perform and how he performs coming back from an injury where he's going to be out for a month. So, 
it's it's going to be an interesting situation. Uh, but like I said, availability is kind of a big deal, and I I think it's going to wind up it, it could very well wind up pushing him out of that defensive rookie of the year situation, and kind of make way for a guy like Adafi away. So that's that's what we're we could be seeing uh, when it comes to Cleveland and their sick ward team right now. And number one, unchanged, unmoved, on pace to beat the rook, beat the uh, all-time rookie res- leader here, and that's Jamar Chase continues continues to dominate. Yeah, he had a, a a good game. Didn't get the end zone, but he got over ninety yards. He had he had some good catches over there uh, against a very you know shoddy Detroit team. Surprised he didn't get in the end zone, quite honestly, but he still played really well this past week. So. One thing I do want to make mention of, because I, I was thinking about, you know, what you were saying last week as far as, you know, Justin Jefferson and, and Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase, you know. Both looking, from the same college, I, I may add you. Yeah, both both from the same college. Two great receivers from LSU. Uh, one thing I do want to make mention of as far as Justin Jefferson goes, and, and it's it's something that that is consistently overlooked. Justin Jefferson didn't start the first two games last season. So I, I I think that's worth pointing out because he didn't he didn't start doing anything until week three, if you remember. So and and that's because he didn't start the first two games. Now, it doesn't change that Jamar Chase is probably going to go break that record. I'm not going to go sticking an aster, asterisk next to him, you know, if he does it, you know, by week 16. But Justin Justin Jefferson did not start the first two weeks. So it it I don't know that Jamar Chase is the better receiver, but I think Jamar Chase, you know. He's kind of sort of taken me by surprise, I think. I didn't expect him to be as good as he has been. And and I, I think he's pretty exciting right now. Right now, I, I think it's kind of a dead heat between him and Creed Humphrey for that number one spot. And and Humphrey and Jamar Chase both have extremely high graded, graded out extremely high right now. I'm pretty excited for both of these guys. I think they're the best players to come out of this class so far. But we'll see. The, the season is still young. We still have uh, two-thirds of the way to go. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, in those first two games, he may not have started the game, but he he was in the game for a good amount of the of – the... Yeah, he was on the field. He was on the field for sure. But he, he definitely did not start those first two games. I think it was uh, – oh, boy. Who was that guy? It was your boy. I uh, can't think of his name. Your uh, Your Twitter friend was all over. Not sure. <laughs> it, it's it's irrelevant, but yeah. but, but that, that's Chase got... is coming out playing like an absolute animal. He's he's on pace to break Jefferson's record by seventy four yards on sixteen games, and obviously with the whole thing would shatter it. Right. And so, we'll, so we'll have to see where that continues to go. Right. So there's that, and uh, so Tyler, let's take a quick break real real fast, and then uh, we're gonna jump back in with our news around the league. Not a ton of news this week. Not a ton, but we, we do have some, and we'll get to our predictions. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. 
With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, no. Get ready. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Yay? Yay? What? <laughs> I'm confused. I just I wanted to, to throw it get you know catch you off guard a little bit. It was a very it was a very minute yay, but I'll take it. Yeah, and the crowd goes mild. Tyler, it was a, we it was a mild yay. <laughs> I'm the fabulous one, Scotty Frank. But before we get into the news, we do have breaking news that We're becomes breaking. the elephant in the room instantly. Oh boy. So we're on three straight weeks of the elephant in the room. This one's a funner one, though. Oh, boy. The Texans are working on and finalizing a trade that they expect to have. They're optimistic will be done without the next week, but definitely before the deadline to trade Deshaun Watson. Oh, boy. To the Miami Dolphins. Oh, wow. Wow. And piggybacking off that. The Dolphins are working to make it a, a kind of a three-trade, three-team deal to send Tua to the Washington football team. Jeez, oh, Pete. So Tua Tungavailoa, I mean, uh, so I, I'll say this. Deshaun Watson, I think, is, is you know, the, the obviously the better player than Tua. Uh, and I, I don't know, I don't know how he's going to do in Miami. I don't know how Tua, hell, I don't think I. I don't know how he's going to do in Washington. That's a crazy trade before the deadline. Are there any draft picks involved? Does it say it's that as much as we know right now? Oh man, that could be that could be a, a life changing situation there for all those guys involved and Taylor Heineke for that matter. It affects um, a lot of people. Yeah, that's a wild one, and I, I think Houston's going to wind up getting a haul for that trade. To be honest with you, I, I think they're they're going to wind up getting a bunch of draft picks in that situation. I mean, they they for a it'll, it'll be it'll be similar to the to the Stafford level of draft picks. Yeah, I think so. So, wow, Deshaun Watson possibly going to Miami. We'll see if they can get it done before the deadline. I mean, you said be, before next week, so yeah, November, yep, November second. They they think it'll be next week. But they said definitely by the second. Wow, what what a what a huge huge thing. That's that's gigantic, outstanding trade. I, I mean, it's about time they got it done. I mean, we've been waiting for them to trade, you know, Deshaun Watson for what quite some time. So, wow, that's that's incredible. Next, but I, but I do have a, a bit more breaking news that I'm sure affects one of the stories you already have, but you don't have the other piece. So we're going to jump right into that one. Okay. Um, so we're going to start with the fact that Jacob Eason was cut by the Colts. Yes. But has now already been picked up. Wow, he got picked up that quickly. Yep. To the Seahawks. Wow. <laughs> do you think Jacob Eason is going to wind up being a star with the Seahawks, or do you think he kind of showed that he's toast with Indianapolis? I think he's going to a better situation. I, th- I think uh, 
you might see Geno Smith start one more week and they might give Eason a shot. Yeah, if he if he's got enough time to learn the playbook, you might very well see him. As- the playbook could be an issue. Yeah, yeah, this this is going to be interesting. That'll be an interesting situation. Maybe it tells you that Russ's thumb, I mean, he said he wanted to return by week 10. Maybe it tells you that Russ's thumb isn't fully, you know, or his finger rather, isn't, you know, completely, you know, healing as well as he thought it would. I think that very well might be. Yeah, I, you, you might see that the Seahawks continue to, to fall apart. And, uh, you know, they they did place uh, the Seahawks, but piggybacking on that, the Seahawks did place Russell Wilson on IR this past week. Uh, he had the dislocated finger, ligament damage, um, you know, and then they also went and placed uh, running back Chris Carson on IR with a neck injury. We talked about that earlier. Are the Seahawks falling apart? Are we finally going to see Seahawks not in the playoffs? I think we're kind of trending that way. Yeah, that's that's where I think we're going. I think I think the Seahawks are officially going to miss the playoffs this upcoming season. And and really, I've, I'm kind of thanking God for it because we've been calling it for years. And now we've they've they've made liars out of us for the last several years. But now it's actually seeming like it's really going to happen. So there's after that. how after how long and here we finally are. Yeah, finally, finally, it's finally happened. And, you know, I hate I, you know I hate to keep stealing your, your your news thunder here, but I have more breaking news on a story you're you're going to talk about. Wow, Amir Abdullah was 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 cut by the Vikings. Yeah, I was just getting ready to talk about that one. Uh, Vikings released Amir Abdullah and they activated Kini Nuangu in his place. Uh, Kini Nuangu was a, was a draft pick that was kind of later this in in the um, was kind of later in the the uh, draft this year, but he actually wound up he was supposed to be a kick return guy. Everybody keeps talking about how fast this guy is. Everybody te- keeps talking about how he's good at ta- breaking tackles. Everyone keeps talking about how good he is. Uh, and I want to see if that if he actually is, you know, the real deal. Personally speaking, there's a guy on our roster, uh, A.J. Rose, that I really like a lot. And I think the Vikings should be looking at him a lot more than they are. But Nwangu gets activated. And now the Vikings will will possibly have him doing some special team work. So we'll see if he's if he's the real deal. I, I don't I don't know if he is, but we're gonna find out if um, yeah he's if the the real thing here. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how he how he come, does come off the practice squad. But the funny thing is is um Abdullah getting cut wasn't the breaking news. What was it? The fact that he's already on a team. Really? Who signed him? Well, he's expected to sign with the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, the Panthers, you know, I mean, they, they need all the help they can get. I don't think he's going to be the answer over there. I, I, I mean, I already think they've, they've got the answer in Chuba Hubbard over there as their running back. I think they're underutilizing I think it's that. more of a depth move. Yeah, it's probably more of a depth move, and, and he's also a good kick returner, so they could use him for that. I think he's more of a special teams guy and kind of catching passes out of the backfield. He's not like a, a one-stop shop like like Christian McCaffrey is. So. Uh, yeah, we'll see if he if he winds up making an impact. I doubt he does, but we'll see if he makes an impact with Carolina. I, I doubt he does too, but yeah. But I promise, at least in as of six oh three p.m. on Wednesday, I, I have no more breaking news for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I do have some news around the league here. I, I mean, there's not a ton this week, but we'll start with uh, yeah. Cal- I took half of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I've got quite a bit. We'll start with the Browns. The Browns, uh, QB Baker Mayfield, he suffers a dislocated shoulder in Sunday's loss to the Cardinals. Um, when he was asked today about whether he or not he will play, 
He said that the decision is his, um, which I think is kind of a ballsy thing to say, given, you know, if the medical staff says, no, motherfucker, you're not and, playing. And officially he is not playing. Yeah, so I don't know what in the hell he thinks he's talking about. But other injuries around, yeah, officially it's it's Case Keenum. But, uh, yeah, next up, you know, the with the Browns, they also have running back Kareem Hunt. He suffers a calf injury. He's set to be out for at least a month. Uh, and and one big thing about Kareem Hunt, you know, Dearness or yeah, it was Dearness Johnson, I think, is the guy's name, is set to to take over. Nick Chubb is out as well. The Browns are becoming a sick ward here. Are, are now, now the 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 thing about Chubb is though they were talking about this. They they uh, Stefanski did say that if their game was Sunday, Chubb would be playing. So Chubb appears to be fine, um, or at least on his on his way here. Yeah. Now, the Browns also, uh, we just got done talking about him, linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa. He suffers an ankle injury versus the Cardinals as well. He'll be out for at least a month. Are the Browns falling apart here? I mean, was was last year just kind of an anomaly and, and they're just kind of done? Do you think they're cooked for the season now? Uh, I, it, it, I think it all comes down to what happens with Baker. Yeah. Uh, how long is he going to miss? Cause, because the AFC is about to get crowded. Yep, it's starting to. It really is starting to get crowded, um, particularly in that division. I mean, they're, they're, it's still a very competitive division um, with the Ravens and even the Steelers. Cause, yeah, because we, we talk about the Steelers falling off, and they truly are, but the, Ste- the Steelers falling off is still a far cry from being, say, the Jets or the Lions. Right. There's still, still a team that, that can beat you in any given week, and there's still a team that, that could fight their way to the, into the playoffs. Right. So we're, we're seeing that. Speaking of that division, the Ravens, and you, this one had to hurt you, uh, especially given what happened with Orlando Brown. Ravens left tackle Ronnie Stanley to undergo season-ending ankle surgery. Um, how big of this is a hit? Uh, on the same ankle, he already missed all last year. It sounds like it, it didn't completely heal or the first surgery wasn't enough. It, a lot still unknown on it. Um, but So we've, we've been without him since the first half of the first game this year, so I We've been doing well enough without him, but not having Stanley is a, is a massive blow. And it really stinks because he went out and signed a big deal this offseason, did he not? Last offseason. Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's still on that big deal. Uh, we'll see if he can he can finally get healthy. You might have an injury-prone player there, Tyler. But it is the same injury, and I think there's still a lot unknown about it, so it so – I, so I'm think, I'm thinking maybe the injury was worse than it was, but it's it's hard to say. Yep. And uh, speaking of ankle injuries, the Giants, they go and place offensive tackle Andrew Thomas on IR with an ankle injury. That's another team right now that's sort of a sick ward, are they not? 100%. Yeah, they're, they're falling apart over there. Uh, Andrew Thomas, you know, he's, uh, he, he's a great player for them, and he's a great young player, and he's going to be a great, great offensive tackle. But, yeah, he's, he's now placed on IR. He's out for at least three weeks. Who knows uh, if he's going to be out for the season. We're just waiting for stuff uh, – for, for word on that, uh, lots of offensive tackles getting hurt. Offensive tackle Taylor Lewan suffers a concussion versus the Bills on Monday Night Football. He was carted off on a backboard, kind of a scary situation. Uh, he gives the thumbs up as he's going, but now they're saying he could very well play next week. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was. I thought it would. It looked like a neck injury at first. Uh, he came down the, the way he came down in the pile there. And uh, his head kind of snapped back, but it, it turned out that it was a neck injury, or uh, not a neck injury, it was a concussion. 
And uh, yeah, they're they're saying he could very well play uh, this upcoming Sunday or maybe even the following week. So I'm I mean that's pretty good news if you're uh, the Titans, and it's pretty good news if you're Taylor Luan, correct? It, that's great news. It's just going to help Titans continue to kind of build their hot streak. Yeah, and and you could tell how upset Derrick Henry was because Luan is a huge part of uh, that that offensive line and and getting Derrick Henry those yards. So it was a pretty exciting uh, game, and and Derrick Henry. He's he's going to be uh, really happy to see Luan get back on the field. Uh, next up, the Eagles and a guy that they're going to be happy to have back. Lane Johnson returns to the team after a three a three week absence due to a personal matter. He said it was a kind of a mental health thing. Uh, it's good to see Lane Johnson back on the field. I'm sure the Eagles will be thrilled to have him. Do you, how do you, how how much do you think this helps Jalen Hurts having Lane Johnson back out there? Oh, I think it's going to be a huge addition. I think I I still think that when it comes Jalen Hurts is still, the jury's still out for me. But I do think, given how Hurts is playing, that when we talk about Watson, over the offseason there was a talk about Watson going to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I think given the cost that Watson's going to be for the Eagles, it's not worth it right now because I still think there's a chance that, that um, Hurts comes out playing like a superstar. And having Lane Johnson is going to be a big part of him proving that. Yeah, I think it, it'll be a big help. Uh, Lane Johnson's been in this re- league for a long time, and I've always liked him ever since he got drafted. So, yeah, he's he's going to be a huge part of uh, of – Hurts' development moving forward. Uh, next up, the Eagles also traded Zach Ertz to the Cardinals for a sixth-round pick and rookie corner Tay Gowan. Do you think the Eagles did the right thing here with Dallas Goddard having an injury and and sort of being you know on the shelf? I mean, it, and and how much do you think this helps the Cardinals since they had to place Max Williams on IR this past week? It helps the Cardinals, but Max Williams wasn't being used all that much. I don't see him having a major major impact, but he's, he's going to help. I I think the uh, Eagles did the right thing because they they weren't they weren't really using them so at least they got something because it was gonna it was gonna end up where they're they're gonna end up having to release them anyway. Yeah, I think I think you're right. But Max Williams, he, he he to to his credit, he was having one one good game, one bad game, one good game, one bad game. He was kind of hit or miss. I think if if Max Williams had continued there, they would have continued using him more and more and more. I think like going into like a situation like next season, they would have they would have used him a lot more than they they were this year. But ultimately, I mean, I think Zach Ertz is a little bit of an upgrade to Max Williams because Zach Ertz is more of a pure pass catcher, and that's kind of what they need. And for especially for a guy like Kyler Murray who likes to throw the ball all over the place. So I think Zach Ertz, even though a lot of times we see these trades happen and a guy goes to a new team and he still has to learn the playbook and he's not as potent as he was on his old team. I think this could be good for Zach Ertz, and I think it could really help his uh, career moving forward, don't you? I think it definitely could. It could be a resurgence for him, but also there's a very there's a lot of miles to feed over in Arizona. Right. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, also, speaking of tight ends, Bill's tight end Dawson Knox breaks a bone in his hand during Monday, the Monday night loss to the Titans. He isn't expected to miss, miss much time, but how much do you think uh, Josh Allen is going to go ahead and miss Dawson Knox moving forward? Uh, it's going to be a hit because Knox has been one of those quiet, um, awesome additions at the tight end position, and, and I think, but I think it's going to open up opportunities for guys that should be performing better, like like Diggs and Sanders and and uh, Beasley. Knox is a is sort of a surprise because he is one of those players that was considered sort of a raw talent when he was drafted, and we had talked about him. I had him slated to go third or fourth round when he did get drafted two years ago. Not this past draft, but the draft before in, in the the 2019-2020 draft. But he has emerged really nicely. 
And I didn't realize how fast this guy was until they, they did that reverse handoff deal and he almost scored a touchdown if it had, he would have if it wasn't for a hold. He's a speedy tight end, and he's got great hands. He's turned himself into one of the better tight ends in this league. I want to see if this, this isn't going to be like a, a continuous health thing. As long as it's not a continuous health issue, he's going to be one of the best tight ends in the league, I think. Don't you? I, I agree. Yeah. I think him and Josh Allen have a great rapport over there. Uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, he, he so last week he wasn't placed on IR, but we, you know, this week he was just leading into the game with Minnesota. Christian McCaffrey does get placed on IR, uh, and and obviously we know that that you know that Chuba Hubbard is the guy over there in in Carolina. I mean, does this is Carolina dying here? Are they dead? Are they are? Can we just say that they can hang it up for the season because CMC is not there and. Sam Darnold has regressed so much. There is, it's been more the regression for me, but um, not having CMC's definitely halted this team's red hot start. So I, I in the for as hot as the NFC is, I think they're in deep trouble. Yeah, I I think they are too. Uh, more cornerback troubles in that in that same division. More corner problems for uh, the Buccaneers. The MRI confirms that the cornerback that they just picked up, Richard Sherman, he's going to miss a few weeks with a hamstring injury. I don't think Richard Sherman was in football shape when he came back. To that's, the, do you? And that's kind of what I was saying when I, when when it, when it first happened. I, to me, it's if you take out of being Richard Sherman and just look at what he's been the last year or so, it's it's and it was it a relevant signing and and it's an irrelevant injury. Yeah, he he played well in his time in that that very little time he was there. He was playing well. It wasn't like he was playing poorly, but yeah, he <laughs> he didn't. I don't think he came back in football shape. Uh, especially getting hurt the way he did. I mean, he he wasn't even, I don't even think it was on a contact play. I think it was a non-contact injury, and he came trotting off the field. So that one, uh, I mean, so much for Richard Sherman. The, the Bucks are going to have a rough go of things through the air unless they're uh, corners. They have, they have a lot of young corners there right now playing. If their corners can step up, they might be okay, but we're, we'll see. Uh, speaking of corners and hamstring injuries, the Vikings cornerback Patrick Peterson gets uh, put on IR with a hamstring injury. It was kind of a scary injury. Uh, the wife and I were watching the game, and you could see Patrick Peterson's leg sort of seize up in the situation uh, when he it was it, on a on a deep pass. And I knew instantly that there was something wrong. I thought it was an ACL or something, but it turned out to be a hamstring because his leg was just straight as can be. Um, <clears throat> so Patrick Peterson placed on IR. He's going to be out for at least three weeks. This is a huge hit for the Vikings, I think, because he was playing extremely well uh, so far this season. He's been probably their most consistent corner, and and now it's going to be relying on on Bashad Breland and Cam Dantzler. Do you think they'll be able to hold out for the, the next couple of weeks? I mean, obviously, they have the bye week this week, so they have two weeks where they won't have him coming out of the bye. How bad do you think this hurts the Vikings? See, I'm going back to... What I said in the offseason, I'm and I mean, if, if we're using PFF as as our as our grade here, he's not been very good. He's at what a sixty point one, wasn't he? Sixty four. I mean, so it's better than he was last year, but it's still sig- a significant drop off from what he's been. And yeah, he so a sixty four. <clears throat> I mean, the the grade isn't phenomenal, but it's still a very very. It's a solid number, I think. Uh, sixty four is. I mean, at least according to Pro Football Focus, it's been he's been solid. And I mean, Cam Dantzler to me, I think can come into that role and play it perfectly. 
I don't think Bashad Breeland is going to be able to handle that role. Although Bashad Breeland recently in the last few weeks, his grade has been going up and he's been coming on a little bit, which is kind of interesting. He did have an interception on the first play of the game against Carolina this past week. So we'll see if, if Breeland starts to come on and we'll see if Cam Dantzler starts to come on or we'll see if Brashad Breeland is, is cooked. Who knows? But this could be an interesting situation for the Vikings is if they can get through the next two weeks, get maybe a, at least one W in the next few weeks with uh, without Patrick P., I think we're talking about the Vikings still being contenders. And I think they've, they've kind of dug their way out of that cellar after a bad 0-2 start. Uh, and Peterson was a huge part of that. And when Peterson comes back, I think he'll be just fine. But he's been pretty, pretty good for them. Uh, whether or not we want to admit it is in is he do I expect him to be the 27 year old Patrick Peterson that that's setting the world ablaze? No, I, I don't expect that. But compared to what we had last year, I think I think we're talking about. Yeah, I'd rather have Patrick Peterson in his current state than than. Uh, you know, what we had in the last season with, with all the, the issues that we had uh, with Chris Jones and whatnot. Am I right? It, time will tell. I'm not, I'm, I'm jury still out for me and Patrick Peterson this year. I don't like Patrick Peterson. I just know it. I love Patrick Peterson. <laughs> it's not anymore. Ah, okay. You fell out of love with him. Yeah. When you started sucking. Ah, wow. Um, speaking of, of sucking the, uh, Jaguars go and release veteran kicker, Josh Lambeau. They turn the job over to Matthew Wright. Josh Lambeau gets hurt. Matt Wright comes in. Matt Wright plays well. They give it to Matt Wright. Do you like this move? Do you think Josh Lambeau is still a good kicker or do you think he's cooked? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, go to Minnesota. We'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the land of dead kickers. Although I, I did enjoy that, that TikTok you sent me earlier the, or yesterday. I laughed way harder than I should have. <laughs> oh, man, that was phenomenal. Uh, now, also speaking of kickers, the Colts signed former Chargers kicker Michael Badgley to the practice squad. Obviously, they're having injuries with their kicker over there. Do yeah, I know his, his leg's been a problem, but I still like Blankenship. I think this is just more of a uh, just-in-case yeah, I think I think they're just concerned about about his health at this point, and I think Michael Badgley might wind up taking over if they do wind up placing Blankenship on IR. I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to place Blankenship on IR as a precautionary measure over the next couple of weeks. I do think Blankenship's one of the better kickers in this league. So I I do too. Yeah, so Rodrigo Blankenship, I mean he he's hurt, but Badgley's still a really good kicker. Um, he had a little bit of a rough go last year. But he's still a good kicker, so I want to see if they they do bring him in and and have him start for a few games at that kicker position, and that way they can let Blankenship come back up to health. Uh, next up, the Cowboys safety Demonte Casey. He was arrested for a DWI in a Dallas suburb. How bad do you think? I mean, do you think the Cowboys are gonna gonna punish him at all, or do you think that they're just gonna blow it off because he's a football player and it's they Dallas? will because they have to, but they're it's gonna it'll be relatively minor. Yeah, DeMonte Casey, I mean, he's been kind of a, a pleasant surprise for them. He's the former Atlanta safety, and, and he was kind of just a serviceable guy, but he's actually been pretty good this year. So I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, well, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas just kind of let it go. Yeah, because, it, because he's a football guy, and that's just kind of how Jerry Jones works. But if the NFL does find him or anything like that, then, you know, they'll, they'll have to roll with it. Uh, next up, the Cowboys. We talked about this earlier. Dak Prescott, he injured his calf on the last play of the game versus the Patriots on Sunday. He's currently considered pretty optimistic that he'll play on Sunday. 
Do you think uh, Dak misses any time here? No, because I think the bye kind of works out perfect. Yeah, I think it fits fits perfectly. And then he, I think he'll be coming back against Minnesota, um, you know, in the, the following week. So uh, next up, Jimmy Garoppolo returns to practice. Trey Lance is out with a knee injury. Uh, do, do you think Jimmy G coming back is going to give the 49ers the boost that they need? Do you think, I mean, I Trey Lance obviously hasn't performed well. Uh, do, do you think that Jimmy G being back is going to save the 49ers season? I don't know. I, I don't think either are performing great, so I, I don't think it's going to change too much. It's starting to look like this isn't the team that we a lot of us thought they were going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And uh, last but not least, news from today, the Texans release linebacker Whitley, Whitney Merciless. They're saying it was a mutual release. Texans just making all kinds of crazy moves today. And uh, Whitney Merciless has been a, a longtime pass rusher. He's a linebacker. Uh, and and they, they used him as more of an edge rusher than anything over there. This is kind of a huge loss for the Texans. Whitney Merciless flat out said in the media that he wants to go to a team that, that is going to be a Super Bowl winner. Uh, rumor is that the Chiefs are currently fishing around and, and saying, hey, buddy, you want to come on, come on over here? I think it would be a huge addition for the Chiefs. Whitney Merciless, where do you stand on him? I, it was a weird release, but I, I definitely think he's going he's to land himself somewhere in quick. Yeah, I th- in, in, apparently it was a mutual release. I guess he just doesn't want to be there. I mean, and would you want to be in Houston right now? I sure as no. I mean, really. So there's that. And that's your news around the league. Now, Tyler. We are um, moving into week seven here. We've got our predictions around the corner here, week seven. And uh, what are we at as far as our, our standings go? You're down three. You gained one back last week, so we're keeping her close. Yeah, well, I, I, I've taken some risks that haven't paid off, so <laughs> I, I'm trying to, trying to fight my way back here. So uh, week seven, are you ready, Tyler, for our predictions? Let's do it. All right, here are your predictions for Week 7 in the NFL, starting with the Broncos and the Browns tomorrow night. Uh, I'm going with the Broncos. I think the Browns are a sick word here. I think the Broncos will take this one. Yeah, with everything going on, I, I have to agree. I'm taking Broncos as well. Yeah, and strangely enough, Cleveland is still favored to win this game. Can you believe yes. Which is crazy to me. That's confusing. But Broncos, I'm going with, with the Broncos here. Uh, next up, one o'clock, uh, and this will be a fun game to watch. One o'clock game, Chiefs and Titans. Uh, Kansas City is favored in this game, even with the Titans coming off the big, uh, the big victory over the Bills. That's going to be a toughie. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chiefs here. I think the Chiefs are going to beat out the Titans and start making their way back uh, to the top of the division. I think this defense is so poor that it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I think Henry's going to have himself a game. I'm actually going to go Tennessee here. Yeah, I think it's high scoring all day long, uh, and and the Titans' defense has not been the real deal either. I think you're talking a really high scoring affair. It's kind of a toss up. I'm just taking a shot in the dark. I'm going to take say I believe in Patty Mahomes and go with it. Uh, next up, you got the Jets and the Patriots. The Jets are currently one and four. Patriots are two and four. I'm going with the Patriots and Mac Jones here. I I am as well. They've had some rough games, but they've looked good in a lot of these hard games. Yeah, especially against Dallas last week. Mac Jones looked really good. I know Zach Wilson every now and then busts out a big performance, but I'm going Mac Jones and the Patriots here. Uh, next up, uh, this will be a fun one, the Ravens and the Bengals. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go Kind with of the- a quiet game of the week. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with your Ravens, though. I think I think Lamar is hot right now, and, and uh, even though Joe Burrow and, and company are, are playing really good ball and the, the Ravens' defense has been kind of hit or miss, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ravens here. I'm going to take the Ravens as well. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Washington and the Packers. I'm going to say the Packers dominate this one. They'll go to 6-1 and one in, in this uh, situation. That's a nice 1 o'clock game. All day, easy Packers. Yeah, Packers. Uh, next up, you got the Falcons and the Dolphins. Kind of an interesting situation. We don't know how this is going to go. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Falcons are going to win this one. But, you know, it, it's going to be a tighter game than a lot of us expect. I, I'm going with the Falcons. I'm taking Falcons as well. I, I think the Falcons' defense is still pissed poor, and they're going to make Miami's offense look like God. But right. the Falcons will pull it off. Yep, I'm with you there. Uh, next up, you got the Panthers and the Giants. The Giants have been rough. Daniel Jones having a rough time. That Panthers defense, in spite of the fact that they're, they're coming off a, a tough game against Minnesota, I think that Panthers defense is the real deal. I'm going with the Panthers. I'm taking Panthers, too. I think you have a bounce-back game by Sam Darnold. Really? You think Sam Darnold's uh, he's done seeing ghosts? Well, he, he might still see them, but uh, I think he, he can see ghosts and beat the Giants. <laughs> And uh, next up, you got the Eagles and the Raiders. Um, kind of. This is tough. That's a tough one. Derek Carr had a really good game last week. Jalen Hurts, you know, he's kind of hit or miss. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Raiders here. I think the Raiders are, are and it's going to be a tight one, but I'm going with the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Eagles. Wow. Uh, next up, you got the Lions and the Rams. I think you're talking blowout game of the week. Rams, Rams, Rams all day long. I'm taking the Rams, too. I think it's going to be a blowout. Usually you see the former team do well against the team player that left, but it's usually because the coach knows how to how to game plan against them, i.e. like a Brady and Belichick or stuff like that. But in this case, Dan Campbell doesn't know how to game plan for Stafford because he's never played. He's not, he's not, he wasn't the coach last year. Right, so no kneecaps getting bit off here. Uh, next up, Cardinals and Texans. I'm going cards all day. I, I don't think the Texans uh, know what the hell is going on. They don't know which way is up. I'm amazed that they they even won a game. I'm going with the Cardinals. Cardinals all day. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Bears and the Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks here. I think Justin Fields is still a bust. He is busting Fields officially. Everybody's making a big deal, bigger deal out of this guy than they need to. Uh, a lot of accuracy issues. A lot of low, low yardage totals. I think he's been behind, hiding behind that, that run game and that defense. I'm going with the Bucks. Bucks all day. Yep. Next up, kind of a toughie. Sunday night football, you got the Colts and the 49ers. Kind of a toughie. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Colts here. Even if Jimmy G comes back, I really believe in Jonathan Taylor. And even with the San Francisco defense being as tough as they are, I really believe that the Colts have this thing under wraps. I'm going with the Colts. <coughs> I'm going 49ers in this one. I think Jimmy G is going to do decent enough to get the job done, and his defense is going to keep the score low. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. But uh, I'm, I'm liking Jonathan Taylor right now. I just like him a lot. Um, and last but not least, Monday Night Football, Saints and Seahawks. I'm going New Orleans here. Geno Smith is not going to get it done against that Saints defense. No, I, I, I agree. Saints all day. Yeah, going with the Saints. And uh, those are your predictions. For week seven in the NFL, and Tyler, we've got another one in the books. Just want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors at It's Your Time Massage. Check them out at IYTMassage.com or uh, head on over to It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. 
Uh, Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. I hope you guys uh, are really check her out and get yourself a massage. Also, a quick shout out to Face Kicked Apparel. Sean Stockmeyer, you pick it, he sticks it. He's going to go ahead and give you some uh, awesome shirts, hats, hoodies, pants, anything you want over there at facekickedapparel.com. So get that, uh, get all your t-shirt needs handled there. And Tyler, another one in the books. Are you stoked for week seven in the NFL? I am. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I hope we get a big Ravens win to um, get a good two-game lead on, on the division. Yeah, I'll be watching some of these games because uh, my boys are on the bye week, so I can breathe a little easier. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it how it uh, all pans out this week in week seven. But folks, thank you so much for listening. Um, hope you enjoy your football in week seven, Tyler. Hope you enjoy week seven, and we will see you all guys, you guys all next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>